the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to Bisberg. I'm John Hall. It is great to be with you today. Today's program is sponsored by City Mission of Washington, Pennsylvania. You can find City Mission online at citymission.org. And Dean Gartland is with us. Dean's a, a regular guest on City Mission throughout many, many years. Dean is the president and the CEO of City Mission. And Dean, friend, always good to see you. It's great to be here, John, as always, and I look forward to sharing with the, the audience what God is doing at the City Mission. Fabulous. Dean, uh, a lot of work is being done. I mean, think about all the years you've spent at City Mission building something to the glory of God. Uh, men and women coming in off the streets in different stages of chaos or turmoil or just needing help to, to move that next step forward. Uh, it, it's got to be a, a great encouragement for you to see how God has worked over these many years. Well, this has been really, I mean, obviously very exciting for me because, you know, I've been doing this work for quite some time and to be able to be uh, at City Mission and to come in when I did back in 2008 um, and the mission at the time uh, was had some challenges. Physical plant was was challenged. The, the, The living quarters were not what they should be or what we'd like to see them be. And so over the years uh, um, being there, God has just given us great opportunity uh, to rebuild the city mission uh, into a, a, a really beautiful campus uh, as it is today. Uh, so the, the living quarters are nice. Uh, everything has uh, been changed. And so uh, it's exciting for me to be able to sit back and watch this and see how God has brought uh, people together, just uh, great people to be able to come to and support the mission and contribute financially, contribute their talents, contribute their money, uh, uh, their time. It's been an, uh, really an awesome thing to be able to see. I just, uh, and I've said this all the time, I, I consider it a true privilege that God has allowed me uh, this opportunity to serve him in this way. Wonderful. That's fabulous. And, and Dean, I, I think, you know, sort of the... Um the uh, the image that people have of, of missions is you know three hot meals three hots in a cot mm-hmm. right and uh, you know the drunk uh, stumbles in from outside and uh, stays for a little bit of time and gets sober and goes back out into the world again but the the difference the the idea the creation that city mission is that, that's so far from that sort of uh, parody of what a mission is about because not only do you serve men you also serve women you serve women with children you also serve veterans so so there's a huge umbrella on the campus at City Mission. Yeah, that's correct. And those are, those are four separate shelters, but they are at the Mission campus. And um, and we just recently opened a new um, uh, facility called Sally's House. And it's what we call our next step program for women. And so women that are going through our program uh, who still need a little bit of support, maybe they, you know, they're working in the community. Uh, but they still not quite ready to make that 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 full step into independence uh, can go into Sally's house and be able to uh, continue their recovery, continue their education, continue uh, what they've started and, and were working on while they were in the program. So it was a great opportunity that God brought uh, a donor that was able to provide us a building for just for this purpose. And so uh, we're pretty excited about that. 
And we're excited about the fact that um, we are on a journey to um, build a new uh, women's uh, facility uh, on our campus because our women's pro- our women's facility is way too small. Hmm. Um, and we're always turning people away. And it just, uh, it's heartbreaking to do that. Uh, when somebody calls and says, I'm sorry, we don't have a bed. And so we're trying to address that problem and that gap in services. And so uh, we are uh, embarking on a, uh, a faith journey that's going to, Lord willing, result in a 50-bed uh, facility for women. And so that's what uh, we're hoping to be able to do in the next couple of years. Fabulous. Now, of course, uh, all that uh, goes without saying that it requires some financial capital to do these sorts of things. You have a, a number of events coming up, especially for the holidays, that address this. Yeah. the uh, the One of the main things is we, we do a program called Celebrate Success. And this is just for our churches and for our donors to be able to come and hear firsthand the stories from our residents about what God is doing in our life and how God is transforming and changing them. And it's a it's a great opportunity where people can come and, and hear, because one of the things I just love to do is ask people to be able, if you donate to the mission, come and see what your donation is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are results happening there. There's transformation taking place. And you can hear it. You can talk to the residents. You can hear their stories. And Celebrate Success is a great way to do that. But one of the other things we do at the mission is uh, throughout the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, uh, to the end of the year, we have all kind of special activities that happen at the mission. Because one of the things, and we know and we realize this, is that so many of our residents have been uh, uh, apart from their families and actual holiday kind of festivities, they uh, most of our residents, you know, can't even remember what the last holidays were like because mm-hmm. they were so bad. And they, uh, uh, so we try to make uh, the mission into a really family friendly uh, time. And so we decorate the mission. We have special events. We do angel tree. And so if there's businesses that want to participate, they can get an angel tree and be able to buy gifts for our residents. Uh, we also do this thing called boxes of love. Uh, where we distribute to our community, our hungry neighbors, uh, uh, the working poor in our community. Uh, we give them boxes, what we call boxes of love. Uh, really a, a nice thing for Thanksgiving is a full turkey meal, full uh, a, a turkey with all the trimmings. Everything goes with it. Even uh, We even throw in some uh, uh, games and toys for their kids and uh, so all throughout the holiday uh, season, there's always something every week. There's something going on at the mission to make it more homey for those residents that are living there. And so and to hear their stories and their testimonies about how that holiday meant so much to them. Mm. And you can hear these stories from people that have come to the mission and have left. And they say, Dean, I always remember uh, the holidays at the mission because they were so special a mission gets decorated, and it's a, a really a great time for our residents to kind of reconnect with their with themselves and about what the holidays really are about, and what what Thanksgiving and Christmas is really all about. And so, chapel services, churches coming in, volunteers, it's it is a lot of activity. But it's all good stuff, and, and it, so it, uh, I really look forward to the holidays at the mission. Fabulous. I mean, it, it sounds to me like one of the high points throughout the year that the mission work does. It's truly Jesus in action, right? The people want connection, need connection, want that love, and the city's, uh, city mission's there. 
Absolutely, and it's is, uh, and we see it in the you know when we see somebody come into the mission at the beginning, and you see the expression on their face, and uh, they're down, they're depressed, they feel like they have no hope, and uh, and then you see them like two weeks later, and all of a sudden their eyes are cleared up, and they they have a smile on their face, and uh, there's hope in their heart, and that's exactly what we want to see happen, cool. uh, because I and I remember hearing this a long time ago, hopelessness is greater than homelessness. And so we really want to be able to, to bring hope to everyone that comes into the mission, and that's kind of our tagline, hope for the homeless. And that's what we want to provide. Fabulous. Well, Dean, always when you join us, uh, I'm excited because you bring in someone who's connected with the mission, someone who's a, a resident perhaps, and today's no exception. You bring in uh, James. Uh, Jim, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Now, Jim, you know, um, what Dean is describing is in many ways sort of the difficulty of life, right? And I think it really doesn't matter if someone's an addict or an alcoholic or just a regular person. The fact of the matter is that I think we all know this, if you're a certain age, life is difficult. Life is hard. And oftentimes, I raise my hand here, you know, things happen, you fall into a hole, uh, situations with uh, jobs or money or family, and sometimes that hole is so big and so deep, it's almost an impossibility to climb out. You need somebody or an organization to come along and help. So that's why I'm excited to have you here with us today to hear your story, because I know that there are people out there right now who are listening at this second who are in the same boat that I've been in and that you've been in. And so for you to share your story is a good thing for an active encouragement for people out there. So if you don't mind, Jim, in a transparent, honest way, would you mind sharing your story about what your life was like pre-walking into the city mission? I mean, you can go back however far you want to go back, but just tell us that story. Uh, Basically, I had moved when I got out of the military in 04. My wife at the time was here in Washington. Her family was from Washington, so we moved here. And I stayed in the Pittsburgh area for roughly about 10 years or so, uh, maybe about nine years. And I uh, decided that I wanted to move back down south. I'm originally from Arkansas okay. slash Texas, so I moved back down there. Still married? No, sir. No, I actually got divorced. So from 2004 to 2013 or so, right? life had offer, offered you some changes, not what you expected. Exactly. And... Yeah, I was working full time in Arkansas. Well, my daughter and my son are still here in the Washington area, and my daughter wanted me to come back and, you know, stay up here. Yeah, you know, be around them and and reconnect and everything in their early adult years. How old were they at the time? Uh this was probably about a year ago. So she was nineteen. Okay. She's twenty now. So she wanted to see her dad, 22. right? Yeah, right. And so you followed. You followed through. I followed through. I came up and. uh through some fault of my own and other extenuating circumstances within the family, uh, it didn't work out that I was living with her at the time. Your so daughter. I basically had nowhere to go. I didn't have any money in my pocket. I spent my last dime to come back up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a lead on a job, but I wasn't employed at the time. So I just was kind of stuck. And I spent the night in my truck and one of the BA reps in Pittsburgh got me in touch with Steve Adams, who's the housing coordinator at the city mission for the Betts house. Okay. 
And uh, I'm absolutely thankful to God that I was able to to connect with the mission and with Steve Adams. It it really saved. And when did that happen? This happened uh, around May 17th, okay. 18th uh, is when I got to the mission. Uh, and first thing, just like Brad always says at devotions in the morning, uh, first thing they did was feed me. Mm. That was the first thing. So it, I'm very blessed and very thankful that I was able to find the mission. So since May, are you still currently at the mission? Yes, sir. I'm still at the vet's house in the mission. So what does that look like for you? A day-to-day experience for you. Are you employed right now? Not right now, but I have a couple of leads on jobs. So hopefully within the next month or so, I'll be working again. So then the city mission gives you um, sort of like a a home base while you're trying to sort things out. Exactly. Yeah, we have have a bed to stay in. Uh, The facilities are very nice. It's almost like being back in the military. You're you're getting to know different people and you're making new friendships and and new connections. Yeah, so you're staying in the vet's home, so you're surrounded by people who are also past military members. Yes, sir. Everybody in the vet's house was a military member at some point in time. Interesting. So, like, as you said, almost being back in the military, I'm sure there's a, a shared commonality. Everyone's got a story. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So what's that like for you then? I mean, the, the idea of you came up to be with family, you, you know, you surrendered your life and started over. It, it didn't happen the way you expected a surprise along the way. It's kind of like a, a clean slate for you in a way, like you're starting over with the help of the city mission. Absolutely. And I am very thankful to the mission and to Dean and everybody there. It's, it's been a wonderful experience and, uh, if anybody can hear this, uh, if if you need help, absolutely contact the mission. Fabulous. Uh, they will bend over backwards to try to help you any way they can. What about the, the idea of, now, th- this is, I, I know people, you know, uh, having been in recovery myself, that people go, I don't want to be around people who are, you know, holy rollers or people who are religious. Now, you know, Dean's talked about this. I mean, clearly God is at work in the center of the work that City Mission does. What is that? uh, How does that approach you in your life when you're surrounded by people who are invested in Jesus? To be honest, it's been a a different experience, but it's been a pleasant different experience. Um, It's allowed me to search my faith a little more Mm. and and get in touch with God and, you know, pray a little bit more and, you know, take a look at my own spirituality. Yeah. So it's, it's actually been a good thing. So you're surrounded by other people, but no one's going, Hey Jim, Hey James, you know, you need Jesus right now. No, not at all. It's not like a pressure situation. It's a, you know, I mean, obviously it's a faith-based organization sure. and you're going to go to devotions and you're going to go to church and, and listen. And it's, but it's, it's all been positive. Excellent. Okay. So the future then different than what it was when you were sleeping that night in your truck, you've got a haven, a place to go to. I mean, right. I, I've been there. I know what this is like. I mean, <laughs> chaos ensues. Uh, it's good to have a place you can lay down your, you know, your head at night on a pillow and call this home sweet home for however long that's going to last. Absolutely. And it's been a very comfortable and, and warming experience. Um, I found out uh, through the VA that I was having a lot more problems with my hearing than I thought. Interesting. And I just recently went through ear surgery and the recovery at the mission was just 
seamless. It was, it's almost, it was the last place I expected to ever end up, mm-hmm. but I'm thankful that I ended up in the right place. Nice. And so you don't feel as though someone's giving you the bum's rush. Hey, James, time's up. Let's get out of here. No, not at all. It doesn't feel pressured like that. It's it's more of a, we want you to, you know, to get stable, to get back on your feet, you know, save some money, mm-hmm. you know. Get back on your feet. Exactly. That's good. Talk about your family. Okay, so you came up here to be with your daughter. All of a sudden you tell your daughter, hey, I'm living in a mission. How was that received or not? Uh, she was very positive. She was thankful that I had a place to go. And uh, we visit, you know, quite often, just about every weekend. Right. I go out and hang out with her and her fiance. So it's been a – she's been thankful that I was able to find the mission. And she likes it. She actually volunteered – uh, back in high school. So she knew the ministry as well. Right. She she knew about the mission. So she'd actually volunteered a couple times when she was in school. So Fabulous. Well, James, I mean, you look good. You sound great. I mean, I would say the future looks bright here for you. You've got an opportunity to, like we said, clean slate, start over. And the city mission, they, they provided a little base here. Absolutely. And I, again, I, I can't say it enough that I'm thankful and blessed that I found the mission. It's been a godsend. Fabulous. Well, listen, thanks for this. I mean, it's an encouragement to me to hear this story. You know, not everyone uh, who appears on the show has to have, you know, super chaos in their life. But clearly, uh, the chaos has affected you in one form or another. And the right. city mission has been there to help you. Absolutely. That's very good. James, thanks an awful lot. I really appreciate your time here today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. So, Dean, I mean, it's an interesting story because, you know, we're used to hearing people go, I was a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. I just can't clean and sober. James' story is a little different than most people. It is. And that's one of those cases where uh, when you think about homelessness and the different kinds of things that happen in people's lives that create homelessness. Uh, Situational homelessness is simply what you heard what James was speaking of. You know, his situation was one that just didn't work out the way he had hoped it worked out. Uh, found himself, you know, sleeping in his truck and kind of reaching out to the VA to, yeah. uh, for some direction, some guidance. And uh, uh, they were able to get him in touch with uh, our veterans uh, manager. And uh, we were able to provide him that kind of uh, safety and security that he needs so that he can get focused on what he really wants to do in the future and how to get back on his feet again. Uh, as you heard, he had had to have ear surgery and so he, he, what do you what do you do when you have no place to go right. and and you got to have surgery and where do you recuperate and where do you uh heal at and so the mission is providing that for him and and there are others at the mission the same same similar circumstances they're not necessarily drugs and alcohol didn't necessarily have uh that kind of a negative impact on them but there are situations where it's such that they found themselves without a place to go without stability and the mission is there for those folks as well. Fabulous. What's interesting to me, Dean, is that, that organizations, uh, large organizations like the VA, knows the reputation of City Mission. Someone makes a phone call and says, I can plug you into a quality group of people here if you're so inclined. I mean, that, that's got to give you you a, a sense of, of, of joy and accomplishment to think other people see the work that's being done and are able to push open the door so other people can also be part of this mission. Oh, absolutely. And I know they, we do get a, a quite a number of referrals that come from treatment centers where people are going through a 
um, you know, because of drug and alcohol or some other issues, maybe some mental health issues. Um, but they can't go back or they don't have a place to go to when they're leaving and they're stuck and they don't, you know, where do they go? Right. Um, what are they supposed to do? Uh, you can't put them on a street and which is, that's not uh, appropriate. And so many of the, the, uh, treatment centers, uh, around, uh, the tri-state area, uh, do, uh, refer people to the mission because they, we do have a reputation of continuing the recovery process when they get to us, uh, from a Christ centered basis. And we also have, you know, job creation. We have a career center at the mission so that people can begin to work on their resume, begin to work on applying for jobs and connecting with employers. And so these facilities, these these centers know that this the mission is there uh, as a full service mission. I mean, so a person comes into the mission, they're not just uh, getting a bed and three meals. I mean, and I think that if you ask any of our residents and uh, you can ask Jim, how are the meals at the mission? <laughs> very good, actually, believe it or not. <laughs> we have a very good food service manager who makes excellent meals. And so people eat well. And um, and so it is a place of healing because that that is part of our mission. And it's in our mission statement. The city mission exists to share Christ, first and foremost, to shelter, to heal, and to restore the homeless to independent living without discrimination. And so it is a healing center where people can come and be able to, not only if it's drug and alcohol, if it's mental health, if it's medical, uh, it's a, it is a place of healing so that people can get back on their feet. Fabulous. I mean, Dean, you know this, uh, evangelism comes in all shapes and forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not about some guy standing on a soapbox on a street corner uh, proclaiming the name of Jesus. Just by your very presence and your willingness to show love and acceptance of people coming in the door, there's evangelism right there. Oh, absolutely. And and the, and the fact is that the, uh, you know, uh, it's very hard for somebody to hear your message of hope through Christ uh, when they're hungry or when they're homeless or when they're, you know, they're suffering from some medical issue or mental health problem. Uh, they hear your words, but it's not registering. And so you have to address these issues first and be able to show them that, you know, whether you're a believer or non-believer, it doesn't matter. We're going to love you and care for you uh, the way God has has called us to do that. And that's what we're going to do. And usually through that process, people begin to see Jesus. And, and they, and they uh, begin to see that, man, this thing about you know following Christ really does make sense. And so they many people make that decision to follow Jesus at the mission. And there are people that... Had, you know, just isn't ready yet. It just hasn't. So the mission is a seed planter. Uh, so we'll plant the seed, and hopefully uh, if they uh, don't make that decision while they're with us, uh, somewhere down the road I think God will bring water that seed and it'll come to fruition. Dean Gartland is with us. We're listening to Bisberg, City Mission Online at citymission.org. Dean, uh, just a few minutes left. Uh, we started our conversation talking about here we are into the holidays. And, of course, uh, everybody knows uh, the holidays are fraught with a lot of emotion, oftentimes great joy, but especially for people who are, you know, transitory or drug or alcohol addicted, it can be a devastating time as well. So the mission at this point, uh, the doors are always open, but, you know, to do all this, and especially during these holiday season. You need partners to come along, whether it's prayer partners, financial partners, people volunteering in the flesh and blood. Uh, you welcome these volunteers. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and it's so great to be out of this whole 
COVID pandemic situation that we have, have, have worked through and to be able to have be open now for volunteers to come and to be able to serve and to see the joy on their faces because the volunteers really, um, and, and I've heard this from many volunteers, they said, Dean, uh, the the men and women at the mission minister to me more than I have ministered to them uh, coming to the mission to be able to, to to even whether it's handing out a meal or handing out a bag of, of groceries to somebody in need or uh, clothing uh, or what have you uh, the, the having volunteers there means a whole lot and it speaks volumes to those that live at the mission because it's like this person's taking out time out of their day to come here and serve me. I mean that's uh, it speaks volumes to the residents of of the mission. So we we love our partners, our volunteers, our our, our financial partners that come along, our businesses. Uh, we had a business there this this past week, uh, uh, getting everything ready for the holidays. They were planting flower. They were planting and doing things and setting stuff up. It was just a joy to be able to see it. I mean it's just uh, it's a powerful time at the mission, and we do try to make the holidays at the mission as family friendly, family-oriented as much as we can because we know people are disconnected from their families. And so uh, we want to make it so that it's, you know, at Christmas they get a Christmas gift, you know, that something in this Christmas morning is there and we have Christmas trees around the mission and so we'll plant, put put their gifts there. And so we we try to make it as um, memorable a moment as we possibly can. Fabulous. Well, Dean, I, I mean, I love the, the work that you do. Congratulations for this. I'm sure you spinning 10,000 plates at one time and the quality and nature of your staff around you, all of you connected together to try to help those people who are in transition in some form or another, especially with the, the gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives as the muscle behind that. It's good and worthy work that you're doing. So from the bottom of our heart here as we broadcast this show, congratulations to you and keep on going on. Well, thank you, John. I, uh, it's uh, by the grace of God where he enables us to do this, and so uh, it's to his glory and honor. I'm into that. This has been Bisberg. Always a great pleasure to connect with you. Thank you for your time here to listen to this show. Uh, Dean Garland has been with us with a guest, James. And uh, if you're so inclined to, to be that muscle, uh, to be that participant in Jesus' ministry here, citymission.org online, citymission.org, or by calling 724-222-8530. This has been Bisberg. We'll see you next time. God's peace to you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.